Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Faith, seeing what God sees. If I could draw your attention to verse number one of John 9, where it says, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? We know in the Gospels there are so many miracles of Jesus. Jesus raises the dead. Jesus cleanses lepers. Jesus heals deaf. Jesus raises the dead. There's all, all myriad number of diseases that Jesus has the power to heal. Heals the woman with the issue of blood. There's so many instances and stories of Jesus healing people. And we know that the healing ministry of Jesus was a significant sign that he's the Christ, that he's the Messiah, that he's a healer. For me, I can't speak for every preacher, but for me, the, 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 the miracles of him healing somebody blind, those are just the ones that made the most impact on me. I just always really resonated and always loved the stories of Jesus healing somebody blind. Whether we're talking about blind Bartimaeus, who cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I don't know if you're familiar with the pastor. I'm sure you are. Or this particular story. This story, I've been preaching this story from as long as I can. I've been preaching since I was 15, so that's almost 40 years. Good God help us, Jesus. And so this particular passage has just been a favorite passage for me. For me, Jesus healing somebody, not just blind, but born blind. One of the things I loved about this story when I was younger is, especially as a teenage preacher, as a youth preacher in my early 20s, was the fact that Jesus spit in the dirt and made mud out of the spit and put it on the man's face and then told him to go wash and he went and washed and came home seeing. I, I used to preach about this a lot because quite honestly, I just felt like, especially at 15, 16, 18, 19, 20, this was a very interesting way to heal somebody. I remember talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, there's a whole lot of ways you could have healed the man. You could have smacked him in the back of the head and healed him. You could have waved your hand over his head and healed him. You could have blew in his face and healed him. But to actually and spit in dirt and make mud out of spit and put it on his face. I used to say, I'm sorry, that's nasty, Jesus. That's nasty. Now, I know there's many of you that's like, yo, but that's Jesus' holy spit. Listen, no, whether it's Jesus spit, it's still spit. 
Remind me of back in the day before baby wipes. I don't know if any of you remember that. When your mom would say, come over here for a second. And you walk over and she lick her thumb. And she clean all around your eye. I need a witness. Clean all the crust around. And you walk into the bus stop smelling like spit and oatmeal. Because she cleaned. And I know you're thinking, yeah, but that was my mama's spit. Your mama's spit was your mama's spit. I don't care how anointed you think somebody is. I don't know how you feel about me. I don't know how anointed you think I am. But if, it, if I said, who needs to be healed in here? And you came down and I said, and I start. And you don't even want to sit too close to a preacher because God's about to move. Nobody wants this spit. When I come down off the stage and jump on a chair, everybody's like, where's my umbrella? Because it's past the end of spit, but it's still spit. And I used to say, Jesus, that is, I'm sorry, that's gross. To spit in dirt and make mud out of spit and put it on somebody's eyes and tell them, go wash that dirt spit off your face. When I first asked the Lord, I was young. I said, Lord, why dirt and spit? And the first thing God said to me, sometimes God says things to you because it's all you can handle at the time. Can't give you the full revelation while you're still immature. Oh, help us. If right now you're asking God and he's not giving you an answer, it may be because you can't handle the truth. It may be that if he told you now what he was really doing in your life, you would not be able to handle all of the information. When I first asked him, the Lord said, well, son, the issue is this. For some people to see, it takes dirt and spit. Some people don't see till all hell break loose. Some people don't see till somebody dies. Some people don't see till somebody's in jail. And I started thinking about all the young men that I would go and visit in prison. And oh my God, it's amazing how thoughtful they are and reading books they are and how aware they are. It's kind of funny how a dark situation can make you wake up. You get real spiritual when you get bad news. Oh, I wish I had a witness. You get real Holy Ghost when the towers are here. You get real prayer life when they find a lump in you. You get real Jesus-y when your blood pressure is high. They tell you something's going on with your heart. You find yourself on your knees calling on Jesus. Sometimes it takes a tough thing for you to actually see God. Can I just speak that that not be you? Can I just speak that we don't have to have all hell break loose for us to have a relationship with God? You know what drives me crazy is when you got the singers who learned how to sing in church and then they go out in the world and they become multimillionaires and then they come back to church after they broke. I'm like, couldn't you come back when you still had it going? Why is it that now that you lost your millions, we needed you to tithe and give to Victory Park while you were still balling? 
We don't need you on ESPN broke. We need you to do it while you're still in the game. But for some reason, we don't really see God till bad stuff take place. I'm going to break us free from that right now in the name of Jesus. Don't be somebody that can only see God when stuff is bad. That was the first thing the Lord said to me. Then as I got older and got more mature and began to have a more real relationship with God, I realized that it is an oversimplification of the gospel to only think that bad things happen to bad people. I know there's a great temptation to think, well, if I do good, good will happen. And if I do bad, bad stuff happens. And so every time something bad happens, I want to know what did I do wrong. As a tither, as a tither, anytime anything bad happened in my life, I immediately check my tithe record. I don't know what I mean. The washing machine stopped working. I'm like, oh, I got to check my tithe because somehow the devourer has not been rebuked. Something go wrong with my car. I'm like, something wrong with my car. The devourer is supposed to be rebuked because we were taught to simplify this thing into good stuff happens to you if you do right and bad stuff happens to you if you do wrong. But if you're on the planet long enough, and get some gray hair on you and live to the place where your knees are clicking, you will come to the understanding that it is absolutely possible for you to be in the right place and all hell break loose. It is absolutely possible for you to love Jesus, walk according to the will of God. The disciples asked, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. That's, that's us. It's very easy for us to say, well, who made the mistake? Who dropped the ball? Who did the wrong thing? But I'm sorry. I cannot promise you a life of perfection. I cannot promise you that everything will always go your way. You're going to have to ask yourself a hard question. And that is, I've had to ask myself, am I only in a relationship with God for him to make stuff perfect? Or am I in a relationship with God because I've come to the realization that life is not perfect and I need him. I'm going to need him on my dark day. I'm going to need him in my tough moment. I'm going to need him in the difficult hour. I'm going to need him in the weeping that endures for the night so that the joy will come in the morning. I don't know where I'd be without the Lord. I don't know where I'd be without him. I trust you praise today and I trust that when we said the blood still works today, you said the blood still works because one of these days you're going to need to say that. Oh, I need a believer in here. One of these days, somebody going to give you some news that can't nothing fix but the blood. Hey, you are going to be holding yourself saying the blood still work, the blood still work. If you think that God's presence is to make everything perfect all the time, we don't really understand who God is. He is here to make the crooked straight. He is here to make the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord is revealed in your rough place. And it made me realize that I, stop, I need to stop seeing the dirt and the spit as a bad thing. I need to see that anything out of God's mouth 
that mixes with anything that's made out of the dust. Oh, my goodness. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And if you really want to see breakthrough, then something out of God's mouth has got to mix with the dirt of your life. The dirt that is you. And stop fronting and faking like you ain't dirty. And stop fronting and faking like you always got it together. And stop fronting and faking like you so holy and you can't even run. I remember how the saints used to talk. Yes, God, and these are. And, they are the, and the saints couldn't even run. We, we were so fake that the world can't even relate to us. The truth of the matter is everybody in here got a little attitude problem. Mm -hmm. Everybody in here want to knock somebody out sometime. And if you don't, it's because of Jesus. Everybody in here got a little bit of a flesh issue. Nobody want to say amen. Everybody in here, like a little, everybody in here, like a little, everybody in here like something. I don't like no drugs. Yes, you do, because sugar is a drug. That's your drug. My daughter's birthday yesterday, and she went and got some donuts for her birthday from some place, and she brought them donuts in, and she opened up and gave me a piece, and when I bit into that donut, I don't know if you've ever tasted a donut. If you don't like donuts, you just ain't human. I realize that we all have sinned. No, I need everybody to say amen in the room. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't make sense for none of us to judge nobody if it had not been for the Lord on your, if it had not been for the grace of God over your life. I need a witness in here. Somehow you heard the gospel. Somehow you were there, but you escaped. You was at the exact same party and somehow you made it out. Don't you dare look down on nobody else. Every last one of us in here, every last one of us in here needs the grace of God. From the pulpit to the back door, from the preacher to the person running the sound, everybody in here needs Jesus. And every one of us needs God on a Sunday, on a Monday, on a Tuesday to spit life into us and for us to have revelation. And all of that is wonderful, and it's amazing, and it's great. But I've reached another place about this passage that I never really got to until now. And that is, instead of being so overly aware of the man seeing, instead of being so aware of your sight as a preacher, as a communicator, it's like I, I plan all week. I study and pray to see what can I say to the thousands in attendance, to the millions around that can bring light because I'm aware of your revelation. It's like we want the blinders to come off of the bed. We want 
the scales to fall off your eyes. I realize that's why I love the passages about the blind eyes being opened because it is a picture of ultimately what we are called to do, especially those of us whose job it is to instruct in the word, is to somehow figure out a way to get you to see something you don't see. And we begin to think that faith is simply getting you to see something in the word and believing it and claiming the blood still works and then begin to walk by what you see that we helped you to see. And amen for that. Praise God for that. But there's another aspect of faith that we rarely talk about. And that is what does God see? Now, we used to talk about this, and I know I preach about back, back, back in the day all the time because I'm getting old, but, but we used to talk about God's will and God's purpose and God's design and the world that God wants. We have replaced God's design with our own desires, our own determination to be rich, our own determination to be perfect, our own determination to be happy, our own determination. We have replaced whatever God may be. The gospel of Jesus Christ has been replaced by a gospel of prosperity and perfection and health and amazingness. I know that well because I preach it. Because I absolutely believe that it is God's will that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. I believe that it is God's will that you be healthy. I believe that it's God's will that you have joy. I believe it's God's will that you not be miserable. I believe that we're supposed to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But what happens when you're doing right and saying right and praying right and bad still takes place? Are you able like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is a question the Lord's been asking me. He's been saying to me, oh yeah, you love me? All right. If you love me, can you say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done? What happens when your will is not met? I'm like, Lord, come on now, leave me alone. He's like, no, 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 what happens? What becomes of you when I don't do everything you want me to do? I want you to start looking and seeing what kind of attitude you have when stuff don't go your way. Now, I don't know why it got so quiet in here because we were just all hollering for a second because every single one of us in here don't like it when stuff don't go our way. I need a better amen than that. Every one of us will come home at the end of the day. We don't like nobody bothering us. We don't want no attitudes. We don't want no bad news. We don't want nothing negative. We don't want no drama. We want everything amazing all the time. And me too. I'm preaching to me and you, okay, because this is the church I go to. Me too. But the Lord has been challenging me around whether or not 
I know what I'm talking about or not. One of the things I've been asking all of the young folk that want to come meet with me and talk to me lately is I've been asking the question, who are you? Who do you think you are? And how do you know that you know what you're talking about? I was in a counseling session, and I said to this guy, I said, well, who told you you knew what you was talking about? Who said you know what you're talking about? Who do you think you are? And when I left, when they left, I was like, yes, Lord, I told them. That's right. I got them straight. And when I sat down, the Lord said, can I ask you a question? And I said, yes, Jesus. And he said, who you think you are? Who told you you know what you're talking about? You was just praying something a little while ago, and how do you know if that's even my will? Did you ask me what I saw? And I was like, Jesus, I'm going to talk to you tomorrow because you got a little attitude. And I was like, no, no, no. Where are you going? I'm like, Jesus, I got something to do. I got to go to work. Because the Lord can bother you about you if you listen. You know why a lot of us don't have a prayer life? We don't have a prayer life because God knows us too well. The Lord will just shut you up. He'll be like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how do you know you know what you're talking about? I, I begin to look at the text and, and begin to ask myself, well, what does God see? And if we look at verse 1, I'm almost done. If we look at verse 1, it says, as Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. I, I think the initial understanding of faith and seeing what God sees is when the Lord sees us, he sees us blind from birth. I mean, if you think about it, right? If you're God and you're the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, if you've seen outside of time, if you know the end from the beginning, if you know what people are thinking, if you are God omnipotent and you are around humans, to you, God, humans can't see nothing. We may look at this guy and focus on this guy, but a part of the reason why this passage is so amazing is because we are literally blind from birth. If you ever look at anyone and you think, I don't know why the Lord is doing that for them and the Lord hadn't done that for me because I'm this and I'm that. Well, maybe you might want to realize that in God's sight, none of us can really see. That we are born in this body and the flesh that we're in puts a limit on all of the person. We are so enamored with our visual sight that we lose our spiritual sight. We lose the ability to lift our eyes above what we see right now. And more than ever, sorry beloved, the better stuff has got, the worse we have become. We can barely come to church and we have air conditioning. I need an amen on that. We can barely come to church and the seat is comfortable. 
Don't make me call you out on the seat you used to sit in, in the pew with the fan. We can barely come to a service that lasts a little, maybe around two hours, let alone what we were raised in. Where church was all day, I need a witness, in the building where Sunday school was at 9.30 and the preacher didn't get up till 1 and you had to be back at 6. We can't barely get you to come to a two-hour service. We have more tech than ever. We have more money than ever. We have more, we got houses. We got black people. I know everybody in here ain't black. With black people, we have rights. We have this, we got more stuff than ever and are more scared than ever. More on drugs than ever. More don't, we are more upset than ever. It's kind of funny how stuff hasn't made us better. Especially African Americans. Our culture has just become ratchet. The more we got, the more ratchet we became. If Dr. King could see us now, I don't know what he would even say. He left a people that marched in suits and had haircuts. If he could see us now twerking and bucking and backing up on one another, if he could see us now and what he died for, we have more than ever and are more raggedy than ever. I'm sorry, but when the Lord... This is one of the reasons why I preach this way is because when the Lord looks at me, it's just like he's looking at you. I'm not like, oh, I'm different. I'm past Eddie. No. I'm, to, to God, we are all lost. Help us, Holy Ghost. All of us are lost. When God sees us, he sees us with an affliction that we've had since we were born. His disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. I know this is hard. The second thing that Jesus sees is Jesus sees that sin is not to blame. I know this is hard for all of us raise holiness, but the truth of the matter is sin is not to blame. It is so easy to just blame everything on sin. We have to realize that a part of our condemnation culture is to keep us in control. Because whoever rules the heavens rules the earth. So it's way easier to control us with fear. When that's not really the gospel. The gospel really is about a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. But what we do is we exchange the truth of God for a lie and we just want rules. We want something that we can predict. God makes us uncomfortable because it's difficult to predict God because he's bigger than us. But when Jesus sees us, he doesn't really focus on our wrong 
because we all are wrong. We all have sinned. We all fall short. If perfection was a requirement for your miracle, where did nobody in here get a miracle? I needed everybody to say something on that one before I start calling us all out for liars. Just this past week, you held on to your salvation with fear. Just this past week, I guess again, just this past week, When they say to Jesus, when, when the, the, the disciples say to Jesus on a regular basis, man, who can be saved? Jesus is saying everything is impossible unless God's involved. But there is a great tendency in the human condition to think that man was made for religion and church, not church made for man. The Bible doesn't say in the beginning God created church. God didn't say let there be church. Let there be Hammond be free. Let there be drums. Let there be praise shouting. And then God didn't look back and say, now, wow, it's amazing. We've, we've created this great thing called church. Now let's make man for church. Bible doesn't say in the beginning God created the Bible. In the beginning God created, no, no. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Then God created man in his own image. And then worship and sacrifice. This was Sabbath made for man, not man for Sabbath. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Now, I, this needs to be addressed, Elder, because there's so many folk that get caught up. Part of the reason why the church is so divided is because we all caught up on the different interpretations we have of the rules. We want to know. Still to this day, folk ask me, what are you? What is World Overcomers? What are y'all? I said to a man, well, what are you looking for? He said, I grew up Baptist. I said, we got it. We baptize people. There you go. World Overcomers Christian Baptist Church. Somebody else said, I'm Church of God in Christ. I said, well, <laughs> we are the Church of God and we are in Christ. We got you. Pastor, I grew up Methodist. Well, we believe that there's a method uh, to salvation. Uh, World Overcomers Methodist Church. Why? Some guy came to me and said, where are you on eternal security? Came down here to the front. Where are you on eternal security? I said, you mean once saved, always saved? Yes. Once saved, always saved. I said, where are you on it? He said, I believe it. I said, okay. If you want to believe, you could smoke crack and still go to heaven. All right. Smoke them if you got them. 
going to try to get you off crack for heaven. I'm going to get you off crack for here so your lips won't be white. <laughs> I'm trying to get you off crack down here. You only got one life to live. Are all we thinking about is heaven? Kind of Holy Ghost crackhead you going to be. Kind of like the thief comes to kill and steal and destroy. He has come that you'll have life and that more abundantly. Can I smoke weed and go to heaven? Let's move on. What I'm saying to you is... We get so focused on the rule book, we miss the relationship with God. What does God say? Jesus, what Jesus sees is Jesus sees everything as an opportunity for God to make the difference. He says, actually, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in your life. Can I tell you somebody, whoever got bad news this past week, do you know what? This has happened, if for nothing else, so that the work of God might be made manifest in your life. What you may see as a tragedy, God sees as an opportunity to prove himself to you. Let me tell you how I know. The reason why I know him is I know him from my dark place. I need a witness. In there. I need somebody to say, oh, yeah, me, me too, Pastor Andy. I thought I knew him, but I really got to know him when the stuff got tough. I'm climbing up on the rough side of the mountain. Of course I am because the rough side is the only side with anything to grab onto. Can't nobody get up the mountain on the smooth side. It's been the rough side that got me to the top. It was the rough side where I could put my foot in something. It was the rough side I could hold my nails into something. Can't nobody get up the smooth side. The reason why I know him is because he was there for me in my dark time. He showed up. I didn't know he was there for me till all hell broke loose. He says, sit down, sit down. He says, I'm done, I'm almost done. He says, he says, he says listen, night is coming. Night is coming. We know it can work. I am the light of the world. And night is coming. When no one can, while I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. God don't see darkness how we see darkness. If right now you are only walking by what you see, only having faith based on what you see, this is a scary time. This is a scary time. This is an insane time. For anyone who ever thought, for all of us that were taught that our fleshly desire was demonic, we've got a brand new perspective now, don't we? Because there's nothing more demonic than letting somebody eat, take drugs to change them. There's nothing more demonic than that. 
So what I'm saying to you is if you are alive today, and you are looking at the news, TV, reading, and you're whether you're talking about who's going to be president, Trump or or DeSantis, come on, or who or brother Biden, if he can keep on how he's alive. Anyway, whether you're looking at they talking about the dollar, whether they talking about bricks, whether they're talking about the 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 debt, whether they're talking about it, whether they, we're talking about the whole transgender sexual revolution of the candle, you can't even say what you think, and people are all upset, and that's toxic. It whatever the dark. It, if you don't see what God sees, this dark time will scare you half to death. But to the light, the dark don't matter. As a matter of fact, the darker it gets, the brighter the light. Oh, I wish I had a way. The darker it gets, the brighter the light's going to shine. You know what we're going to find out? We're going to find out who really know God. That's what we're going to find out. You know what we're going to find out? We're going to find out who really has faith. That's what, you know what we're going to find out? We're going to find out who really got a prayer life. That's what we're going to find out. We're about to find out who really is saved and who ain't. We're about to find out who really do know God. We, that's what we're going to We're going to find out who knows how to pray. We're going to find out who knows how to praise. If you can't praise in here, I bet maybe I don't know what you're going to do when your dark day comes. But to God, the dark don't bother. This is one of the great challenges of walking in a relationship with God is that what he sees is different than what you see. To God, death is a door. I'm going to say that again. To God, death is a door. Yesterday, we, we had a, a, a funeral memorial service for a faithful member, a functioning, serving member of World Overcomers, a young man who died in the prime of his life with a wife and children, and there's almost no reason for him to be gone. And as his pastor, I got a small little attitude. Because I'm like, Lord, why you got to take one of my good somebody? If you're looking for somebody to take, I got people for you to take home. Don't act like I'm the only one. I got folk. Lord, I will give you a list. Because it just doesn't make any sense. And preachers get into trouble trying to make sense of stuff that we can't make sense of. We start saying all kinds of crazy stuff at funerals. I've heard preachers say all kinds of stuff over a death they can't explain. Well, God has a, in heaven, uh, God has a flower garden, uh, and he needed another flower. And so he took our brother and made him a flower. Oh, really? Listen, if God want a flower, he can make a flower. Why he got to take my member and make a flower? I heard a preacher say, mm, well, when your number come up, uh, and when your number come up, uh, you got to go to glory. And what happened with our brother is his number came up. Like God is up there, 75. 
Well, uh, his number came up. Uh, he got up by himself. <laughs> well, your number? What do you mean? Why is God playing numbers? He ain't got nothing better to do. His number came up. Instead of just admitting that to God, death don't mean to God what it means to us. Because God is the God of the living and the dead. My God. God is on the fifth door and God is on this door. And really, God don't see stuff like we see it. Having said this, he made spit on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Because when God sees dirt and God sees spit, God don't see what we see. We got to see what God sees. God sees spit and mud and dirt as a healing balm. The Lord loves to take bad stuff and make good stuff happen out of it. That's the kind of God I serve. God has a way of doing things. I wish I had a witness. God has a way of doing things. And I like the way he do what he do. He takes the lowly things to shame the wise. He takes the foolish things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were of noble birth. Not many of you were wise by human standards. But God. In his grace and mercy decided to use somebody raggedy like me to tell you how good God is. And won't know that nothing will show somebody how great God is by him doing something amazing in your life. He spits. He makes mud. He puts it on the man's face. And then... The last thing in verse 7, and I'm done, is it says, he says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means since. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. What God sees is God sees you walking by faith. God sees you having the ability to walk when you don't know where you're going. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want us to think about it for a second. This man is blind. He wants to be healed. Jesus, in the process of healing him, tells him to go somewhere. He doesn't heal him and then say, go here. He puts mud and spit on his eyes. And while he's still blind, he says, I want you to now walk while you can't see. Because when God looks at us, even though he sees that we're blind from birth, he knows that we are able to walk by faith and not by sight. He knows that deep down on the inside of us, there's a power that even if we don't see, it don't mean we can't get to the place where he wants us. When God looks at you, he sees a faith walker. And you are selling yourself short if you got to understand. When the Lord looks at you, he sees somebody that has the power to walk 
even when you don't know. As much as not knowing is annoying, it don't bother God the way it bothers us. Because when God sees us, he sees people who have a faith muscle. And because he sees this faith muscle that he gave us, he wants to see us activate it. This is one of the hardest things about God. It's one of the hardest things about God. I don't know if you've ever worked out with a trainer. I don't know if you've ever worked out with someone who decides to make you work a muscle you ain't never worked before. Well, I wish I had a witness. I don't know if you've ever been with a trainer who's got you doing something that you're like, what is this working? Well, this is working your gluteus maximus, minimus, sinimus, tonimus, enimus, frontimus. And you're like, can I just do this? No. I want you to do something. And you, and after, you're like, when you're doing it, you're like, I don't even know what this is doing. Till the next morning when you are walking around like this because you have worked a muscle you did not know was there. Oh, I wish I had a witness. Can I tell you something? You have joined God's army, and the Lord is like, enough of your biceps and triceps. We're going to do some squats up in here. Tired of all these buff chests and arms and narrow legs. You ever see anybody all up here, and then their shorts is all flapping? Because everybody can work arms, gentlemen. But you do legs for five minutes and you can't walk the next day. We love to work the muscles we already got. Oh, I need a win. We love to work the muscles we already know. Oh, I know that. We get right in and get right on the exercise bike. And the Lord says, let me take you over to here. This trainer took me over and I'm like, what is this? He said, this is the row machine. I said, the devil is a liar. I'm black. I don't be in water like that. He said, no, no, you're going to get in there. And I got to rowing on that thing. After a minute. It didn't take no time. At first, I was like, oh, this ain't nothing. But after about 30 seconds, I was going. He said, yes. I said, can I get on the bike? He said, no. This is what you need. You need the stuff you hate. Oh, I need a witness in the building. You need water. Well, I get plenty of water in my sweet tea. No, no, no. You need water by itself. Can I flavor the water? No, you cannot. When God looks at you, he sees a faith muscle he gave you. That is undeveloped. I don't know who I'm talking to. But you're in a situation right now where you are frustrated. You cannot understand. You don't know how this is going to happen. You don't know how it's going to happen. You are so bothered because you don't know how it's going to take place. And you're looking at God and he's like, yeah. Work that core. Because what he sees is different than what you see. And faith, beloved, faith, Andy, I know, is seeing what God sees. 
not just seeing what you see and manipulating God with your prayer life. Sometimes, yes, God does answer prayer, but sometimes God leaves you right there and let patience do its work in you so that you can be complete and mature and not lack anything. And if you lack wisdom, you need to ask from God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. I'm praying that the Lord will give us the wisdom to know that he is working a faith in us. And can I tell you why? It's because he's got something so big for you to do that's going to require faith. And he can't do it with this little faith muscle you got right now. But the benefit will outweigh the difficulty. Don't worry. These light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we, lift, we fix our eyes not on what we see but on what is unseen. Because the things that are seen are temporary but the unseen things are eternal. And what God is doing in all of us is he's giving us more faith. Now, if you're in this room and you're like, Pastor Andy, I need more faith. Just raise your hand. I need more faith. You see my hand up? I need more faith. Okay, great. So this was a word for all of us. We all need more faith. Now, I'm going to pray for us. Come on out with the music. I'm going to pray for us. The service is over. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to pray for us right now that we get more faith. I'm going to pray that for us. But before I do, let me just say something that Brother Hagen said to us when I was at Ramah. He was one of the modern-day fathers of faith. He said that great faith also comes with great trial. So, for all of you that are dealing with something that is a great trial... Guess what? You on your way to great faith. Now I want you to praise God. You on your way to great faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And there is no life without faith. There is no success without faith. There is no blessing without faith. There's no children without faith. There's no marriage without faith. There's no friendship without faith. There's no church without faith. There's no church membership without faith. Faith is the muscle that makes it all happen. There's no currency without faith. There's no air travel without faith. It all takes faith. And what God has us in is the faith gymnasium. And he is working your faith out. So I want everybody to stand to your feet. I've been doing this for the last several weeks. Everybody, put your, wrap your arms around yourself. We're going to pray. You're going to lay hands on your own self. And we're going to believe that God is going to fill you with himself. Because what we need is more of him. And this is it. All kinds of stuff is in the bulletin, gentlemen. Our men's thing is about to happen. You can still find that out. It's absolutely free. Father's Day is coming up. All kinds of stuff's taking place. Stuff's in the bulletin. Huh? Empanadas are in the lobby to support projects of hope all the great stuff there's the commercials let's pray for more faith bow your head close your eyes wrap your arms around yourself God thank you for speaking to us thank you for this awesome service we sang we worshiped we communed together we screamed out that the blood still works 
Some of us danced with a Holy Ghost dance and shouted. Some of us clapped. Some of us just sat and just thought about how good you are. We worshiped you in our own way in this room, around the world, through the screens. We worshiped and praised and sung. And now, God, we heard a word from you about seeing what you see. And so, God, I pray that you would increase our faith. We want to walk by faith and not by sight. We want to live by faith and not by sight. Let us walk in the Spirit. Let us move in the Spirit. Let us be drunk in the Spirit. Let us bear the fruit of the Spirit. Not just of the flesh. God, so much fleshly stuff. But may we be filled with the Spirit and bear the fruit of the Spirit. May folk look at us and see us as spiritual people, not religious people, spiritual people, full of faith. We may not understand, but fill us full of faith. We may not know what's going to happen, but fill us full of faith. As the fear gets louder, may the faith get stronger. Lord, for every one of my brothers and sisters and sons and daughters that's facing a dark moment. God, I thank you for healing. God, I thank you that cancer's got to flee. I thank you that high blood pressure has to come down. I thank you that heart failure. I thank you that every mental difficulty. I thank you that Alzheimer's has got to get out of here in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that healing is the children's bread. I thank you, Lord God, that healing belongs to us. Make them kidneys start working again. Make those reproductive organs start working again. Make them tubes open up, God. Make life happen. The devil is a liar. We rebuke the devil. We take dominion authority over the work of the devil. You said what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And what we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God, we are praying in faith. And now, God, we are determined to walk by faith and not by sight. To give in faith. To live in faith. May people come to us for the faith perspective. Oh God, as we lay hands on ourselves, fill us full of yourself to overflowing. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Thank you for living so big in us today. Thank you for speaking to us and through us. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Thank you for every visitor that was with us. Thank you for every person that watched online. Thank you, God, that you are our Father. Now, dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Everyone that's watching around the world is about to turn the thing off. God, dismiss us, but keep us in your presence. Cover us with your blood as we do what we do this week. Go before us. Remove fear out of our way. Fill us full of yourself. God, as we always pray, bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people. Favor on your people. Faith in your people. Fill us full of yourself. And we'll praise you for what you do. We'll give you the praise. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in, our, in your sight. Lord, you're our rock. You're our redeemer. We love you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together.
Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to church with us this morning. See you next Sunday. God bless you. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.